Well, I want to welcome y'all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. I want to, first of all, beg your forgiveness for yesterday. Uh, <laughs> the kids got a hold of my headphones or something, and they went missing on me. Uh, actually, I shouldn't blame my children. It's probably my fault. I put them down someplace that I didn't remember where I put them. But I found them. And, uh, I just didn't find them in time to do the recording for the show, so everybody got a day off yesterday, which is fine. I don't have any intentions in the inbox, so uh, praise be to God, I didn't leave anybody hanging or, or leave anybody waiting. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I, we're back. There's no interruption to regular scheduled programming. Uh, although, as I said, either on Monday or on Tuesday, I forget which now, but um, I do have some things going on in the background in my life that may take me away from the microphone for a little while, and it it's going to come up, and when it comes up, it's going to come up all of a sudden. I'm, I'm waiting for a phone call that's going to tell me that I've got to travel, um, and the result of that is that there is going to be an unannounced interruption to things. Yesterday was not, uh, and if I... By not doing yesterday, I probably gave the impression that it was, and that's my fault. It's on me. But uh, there is an uh, there is an unscheduled interruption coming. I just don't know when. Nobody knows when. It's a um, it's well. If if you have some deductive reasoning skills, you could probably work out exactly what's going on. It's a family matter, and I'm not going to go into detail, but. Um, there is going to be an interruption at some point. When it does happen, and you don't hear me on the air, uh, I do ask for your prayers for myself and for my entire family. Uh, it's going to be—it's already a very difficult time. It's going to—it's going to be a much more difficult time, uh, particularly for some several other members of my family who don't necessarily have as strong a dependence on the faith as they. As, as would be beneficial to them in this time. So um, your prayers are always appreciated there. If you have intentions during that time, if I'm not on the air and you have a prayer intention come up, still send it in. Still send it to dailydecadrequests at protonmail.com. I'll just do the spiel now. Decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural at protonmail.com. It doesn't matter if I'm not recording at that very minute. I will get to your prayer request, and I check the email every day anyway. I'm in the habit of doing it when I wake up. Uh, I, and nothing, could, nothing is going to prevent me from being able to do that. I may not be able to get in the car or get half an hour set aside to actually record and post the show, but... I will still have a chance to see the email, so I can at least put you on my personal rosary until I'm able to get back to recording the the program again. So don't be reluctant. If I'm not recording, it'll probably be about a week hiatus. If that happens, still send in prayer requests. I want to pray for you. I want to do that for you, and I want to bring your intentions to my audience. So don't be reluctant to do that just because I'm off somewhere else. I'm still keeping up with things, still keeping up with the Telegram channel, all of it. Um, now, I don't, while I don't have any intentions in the inbox and I haven't had any sent over to me, uh, I have had a couple of people ask for prayers uh, sort of collectively. I've got now, in the last week, one three people that I know are, um, have someone they care about in the hospital. Uh, the, uh, we prayed for the intention that cast iron 
locusts sent in, that intention was uh, brought to a, a, a good conclusion. Uh, she's doing well. She's out of the hospital. Surgery was successful. Uh, and, uh, and so that prayer is answered. But I've got two other people now uh, that are still in hospital. Uh, and one needs a prayer for full and perfect recovery. And the other one, I think we're at a point where it needs a prayer for happy death. So what I want to do is I want to, uh, because they're both, they're not asked for prayers, they're not proposed intentions, uh, what I'm going to do, and, and I don't have names attached to either of them, I'm just going to combine them uh, into uh, the fulfillment of God's will in each case, uh, and for the spiritual betterment of their families, which I think is probably the most important thing but I will ask you to pray individually for uh, uh, the two handmaidens of God uh, who both happen to be in hospital right now uh, one of whom is uh, really needs a, needs a full recovery uh, from the condition that she has uh, and the other one of which really is at a point now where the, probably what's best for her and for the entire family is to is, is for God to call, call her home. So, <clears throat> so that's what we're going to pray for today. We're going to pray for um, the families of these two women, uh, in particular, that whatever happens, God will reveal his will and will reveal the tie of what happens to his plan, to them, that they might see clearly and act accordingly. Now, let's see, today is, oh goodness, what day is it? It's Thursday. So today is Thursday, we're going to pray in English. So let's go ahead, get out your rosaries, we'll put ourselves, uh, our hearts and minds in the presence of God, and pray for the families of those who are in hospital, particularly these two handmaidens of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, the world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, weeping and mourning from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us. And after this, our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, most holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, made by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Good Saint Anne, Mother of the Most Blessed Mother of God, we ask humbly thy intercession on behalf of the families of those in hospital, particularly the handmaidens of God known to him and to you, who stand in sickness that the will of God may be fulfilled, that their faiths may be received and accepted as belonging to that providence which inscrutable always wills good for God's creatures. We ask also that the eyes of the families of those in illness be opened to the grace of God and to his providence that accepting all things embracing all things as he does they will receive him and whether with their will or against it whatever the outcome that they face they will glorify God in it. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, who with
of the Father and the Holy Ghost liveth and reigneth, one God, the world without end. Amen. For all of us in our daily struggles, doubts, and trials, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So as most of you know, if you've listened for any amount of time at all over the last uh, couple of weeks, I'm reading St. Augustine's Confessions now, and it's a strange leap uh, in many ways to move from reading modern, and by modern I, re I really mean anything after the, the, the 10th century, uh, authors on, uh, on the faith like Thomas Kempis and, uh, and, Louis, and St. Louis de Montfort and going back and reading one of the fathers of the church it's a fundamentally different experience because the fathers of the church lived in a completely different world you know, you, or you think of it that way they live in a, a in a different poetical world they breathed a different cultural air than men like Thomas Kempis and St. Louis de Montfort who were really thoroughly Western European St. Augustine was a Roman, uh, through and through. He was, uh, and he was a North African Roman on top of that, which means that he belonged to a particular, I guess, breed of uh, frontier, Roman frontiersmen. And the culture that surrounded him was very much that one. And so the Roman frontier is very interesting because it was defined not so much by what we think of as sort of the rugged outdoorsmen and the frontiersmen of the American West uh, or, and I mean by America, I really mean anyone anywhere in, in America because you have this sort of mythology of the in the Hispanic world as well the men that venture out into the frontier and kind of strike off on their own although it has really become central to American identity but the Roman frontier is a little bit different and it's in large part because it was so heavily uh, controlled, it was funded, it was directed by the Roman Empire itself. And so all the military power, cultural power, all of the cultural capital, I should say, uh, all the economic power that the Roman Empire had was deployed on the frontier. And so what you end up having, and it's very interesting to read St. Augustine's Confessions and see it, is you have this sort of uh, uh, what's the word? Um, this sort of grasping, aspirant bourgeoisie on the frontiers of the empire rather than your sort of rugged frontiersmen. And why do I mention that? I'm not getting into politics. That's not the point of what we're doing here. But rather, the reason why I'm mentioning it is because Augustine came from a world that in the modern West, at least, in our contemporary times, is not a whole lot different than what we're experiencing now. Our society has been, for the last 60 years, defined, and really longer than that, I mean, you have the 1780s is where it really gets its start, but the middling classes, and particularly the 
the sort of aspiring uh, bourgeoisie, this sort of uh, this sort of burger class of people, uh, they are the defining force in our culture. Their values, their uh, desire for acceptance, social rank, uh, they're always grasping a, a, le- a level above their own. And they're always afraid of falling back into the level that came before them. Because they are all fairly recently uh, raised up to this point. These people pursue a different kind of... They're not necessarily the shopkeepers that we think of as making up the middle class, but uh, they're the the people that used to be laborers and have since settled into some kind of bureaucratic or office work. And that's the kind of people that made up the world in which St. Augustine moved. And so when you read the Confessions, you get a very clear sense that I think would appeal to any suburban American, uh, any middle-class European, really anyone in the contemporary West, and it's it reveals how little things change with this particular class of people, how the vices are very much the same, and the degree to which saintliness seems almost absurd. I mean, not the term saintliness or or the concept of of a saint, but what is required to be a saint is treated as absurd by these people. Even St. Augustine's parents, of which St. Monica was one, a deeply faithful woman, deeply religious, deeply attached to the church, and deeply concerned with her son's salvation. Both of them were very concerned with with Augustine pursuing both of their sons. We know that Augustine had a brother, and he was also successful in this regard. He didn't become a saint and a great Christian, obviously, but he was successful in a worldly sense. They were deeply concerned with their sons getting an education, getting the correct credentials, falling in with the correct crowd so that they would gain some measure of prominence. Now, this isn't the typical cursus sonorum of the Roman Empire, you know, where you pass through your prefect and then, you know, work your way up to consul, right? That's the cursus sonorum. They're not talking about that. They're looking for respectable, a respectable academic or perhaps even a political appointment as St. Augustine would eventually receive. He was a lector at the imperial court in Milan. That's how he came to know St. Ambrose. So he was successful. He got what his parents wanted him to get. He got the degree. He got the job. He got all of that stuff. But writing the Confessions and looking back on what people valued and how much emphasis they placed on little things. Uh, like, uh, he goes on, uh, there's an entire section that I read on pronunciation and how a man could become a, a very successful attorney, a very successful advocate, uh, and he always is very careful not to mispronounce humanis. And yet, he doesn't care if a human, if what he's saying is true or false and could condemn an innocent man, an innocent human being to, to death and to, and to punishment he does not deserve. He's concerned with the way he speaks, but he's not concerned with the effect of his words. And I think 
it, one kind of gets a glimpse of how Augustine comes to be drawn into Christian teaching by this because you can see he comes from a very pharisaical kind of background. Obviously, he's not a Jew and no one in his community was, but he comes from a pharisaical culture, a very hypocritical culture where they strain the gnat and swallow the camel on a fairly regular basis. The exact kind of people that Christ condemns. And we live in a time now where this should be very familiar to us. We are in a very, we are in a society that is defined by credentialism. And the dangers of that, the spiritual dangers of that, reside, can, are revealed in the writings of St. Augustine. And, and I would imagine that some of the other fathers who grew up in a similar place and time, but Augustine's kind of unique because he's one of these frontiersmen. You know, his father was a local, uh, was a local, um, what's the word, um, uh, potentate, not potentate, that's the wrong word. It was basically the mayor. Uh, you know, he, he had a he had a political position. He was well respected. They had a little bit of money as a result of it, and he acted as a sort of your pretty standard country club uh, uh, kind of kind of guy. You know, it's not that there's not that men, not that people that belong to country clubs are necessarily damned. Although I'm sure quite a few of them are. Uh, but uh, that was the sort of world into which Augustine was born and came up, and. It's something that reminds us how seemingly harmless things, and I mean, it really is so banal to be aspirational and grasping. These things are so banal to us. And even now, so many people aren't necessarily coming around to the idea that the questing after credentials and degrees takes you away from God. They're just angry that they didn't, that the degrees didn't mean anything, you know. I... I know how that feels. I've got quite a few degrees to my name, and they haven't done me a darn bit of good. <laughs> but a lot of people have that attitude where they don't—they go and they get the degree, they're saddled down with college debt, and instead of coming around to the realization that what they have done has taken them away from things that are of true value, which they can still earn now, they instead dwell on the fact that this plan that was laid out for them by their parents didn't work out because circumstances changed. They're still just as worldly as their parents and as the society that pushed them to get these pieces of paper. They're still just as tied up in the, respectable, the, the respect of the world and the status that they desire that they miss what St. Augustine comes to in the Confessions, which is that there are more important things for us to be aspiring to. There are more important credentials for us to be acquiring. There are more important schools for us to be learning in. And they're not accredited. And there is debt, but they relieve you of that debt, the debt of sin. And the credential that you receive at the end of it, you receive from, it is the last credential you'll ever need. And you receive it directly from the one who designed the whole program. And that's sort of what Augustine gets to. We, we get so concerned with outward appearances and with our own sort of petty achievements and 
aspirations that we miss the most important thing that we're supposed to do while we're here which is to know God to love him and, and to serve him and these are things which even the simplest can do Christ calls the children over to him and he, he says that to enter the kingdom of heaven one must be converted and be like these children don't have the same kinds of worldly aspirations now St. Augustine says that they're subject to the same thing after all you have competition and games and ball and that sort of thing but their smallness and their freedom from the responsibilities and cares of the world mean that they are still capable without great effort of learning what it is that they should aspire to and how they should spend their lives. And so I, I had to make this very quick because I've, been limited, I've had limited time on these. So to wrap the whole, this whole reflection up for coming from the confessions, my prayer is fairly simple and that's that we will be willing and able to set aside our worldly aspirations and become as little children, open to learning what we should aspire to and what ladders we should want to climb and what credentials we should want to seek. Not from human institutions, but from the hands of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.